How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 64 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and today we are brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You can get $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com by entering the code LOCKEDON at checkout, and uh, it ends up being like 28 bucks. It's a great deal. Uh, during the ad read, there is an extra special bonus for you guys for an extra $5 off. So uh, be sure to listen to that stuff and some of their other treats that they're giving away on Monday. So uh, there might not be an episode before Monday You know, Monday rolls around, so I want to give you guys plenty of time to take advantage of their new offer for Memorial Day and uh, go from there. Today, we are going to be talking about uh, a what-if scenario that was brought up on MLB.com. Um, it, it's interesting for sure. And then uh, in the second part of the episode, I'm going to enter a couple of questions that came into the mailbag and uh, give my opinion on those. So that is today's episode. But before we get started, as always, please follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. And you can email us any questions that you may have at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. That's basically it for that. Um, So the MLB.com article, which I will put in the show notes if you want to read it in full, there is a a what-if scenario that concerns the A's that I found thrilling. Uh, Not thrilling. It was very intriguing. I like the A's being in Oakland, but, you know, maybe we would uh, be a fan of a different city. We'll see. Um, So... Basically, what it goes with is the St. Louis Browns had an agreement to move to Los Angeles uh, ahead of the 1942 season. They were going to hold a vote on Monday, December 8th, 1941, and everybody was on board. They were going to vote for it, and uh, they were going to move to Los Angeles. They had a press conference set up for December 8th, that same day of the vote, and uh, they were going to be like, hey, we're moving to L.A. This is great. Uh And this is 15 years before the Giants and Dodgers decided to move to Los Angeles and San Francisco, respectively. So they would have been the first team on the West Coast by a long shot. Uh, If you know a little bit about U.S. history, you know that D... Or not D-Day, sorry. uh, Pearl Harbor happened on December 7th, 1941. So uh, they decided, hey, maybe we, we don't do this anymore. Maybe we don't move halfway across the country from, you know, Missouri to Los Angeles. And uh, we just stick around because the country's going to war. Probably not a great time to be starting up a baseball team in the uncharted West. Uh, Again, they would have been the first team on the West Coast. So they didn't. Uh, They still held the votes and every team voted against the move, including the Browns, who would have been the team that were moving. Um, So how would this have affected the A's? Uh, The article speculates that with a crazy travel schedule that would have been, you know, one West Coast team against everybody in either the Midwest or the Central and the East Coast, uh, they would have needed another team on the West Coast with them to share in the travel and make it a little bit easier. Not a lot easier, but like a little bit easier. And that that team would have to be an American League team since the St. Louis Browns, now the Baltimore Orioles, were an American League club as well. So they just extrapolated, you know, actual history a little bit. And uh, with Philadelphia A's being in turmoil, they were like, hey, uh, you you know what? What if they just moved to San Francisco instead of moving to Kansas City first and all that stuff? So basically, they would have been taking the A's from Philadelphia to San Francisco as opposed to stopping in Kansas City for, you know, a decade uh, and changing the A's team colors to green and gold in, I think it was the late 50s, early 60s, one of those. Um, We probably wouldn't have white shoes. 
maybe Charlie O'Finley doesn't own the A's at some point. It, w- it would have been strange. Also, uh, in a link in the article, there was uh, some stuff, some links to trades that the A's made in the 50s while they were uh, being bought out and had a new owner who was friends with the Yankees owner. So they were just, I, I, we, we hear it all the time. The, the A's for years have been the A's farm system, blah, blah, blah. But in the 50s, they were legitimately the A's farm system. Sorry, the Yankees farm system. Um, they would lose every trade that they made with the Yankees. And the two teams basically exclusively traded with one another. Uh, the A's traded Roger Maris to the Yankees, who in 1961 broke the home run record. He, uh, he hit 61 homers. I remember this only because there was a Billy Crystal documentary or a, a documentary that Billy Crystal produced or something like that. It was called 61 and it was, you know, he hit 61 home runs in 1961. It's very easy to remember. Um, so he probably doesn't do that if he's in San Francisco playing at candlestick or wherever they were going to play at that point. Um, so maybe they're, maybe Babe Ruth ends up being the home run king until, you know, steroids. That would have been crazy as opposed to random Roger Maris. So to take that a step further, would the Yankees have been as dominant as they were in the 50s and 60s? Maybe not, because they didn't have two teams basically playing for them. If they didn't have room for, that's a, I mentioned on, they were A's, uh, you know, a couple months ago when quarantine started and I needed content, uh, that Enos Slaughter happened to be on the uh, Philadelphia A's, I believe. Yeah, Philadelphia A's. And uh, that was strange. And... It turns out that they got him because the Yankees didn't have room for him on the roster. So they were like, hey, hold on to him until we need him. We don't want him just sitting on the bench. So the Yankees would just trade guys that they didn't have room for on the roster that they still wanted to get playing time. So they were legitimately using the A's franchise as a minor league feeder system. Uh, It was like sending them to the minors, only still having them play in the majors, which I mean... There is one thing that I don't know much about A's franchise history, and it's basically like the 40s, 50s, 60s. Well, half the 60s. It's that 25-year span or so where I'm a little more fuzzy than other times because, you know, in the early 1900s, they were really good with Connie Mack, and then the late 20s, early 30s, they were winning again with Jimmy Fox and Connie Mack. Uh, And then, you know, the 70s, obviously, they won three championships in a row. 80s, I've been alive since 85, so... I've been around for most of that time. And then, you know, 90s and aughts and all that stuff. So this period of time, I need to do a little bit more research because uh, it seems terribly fascinating, like fascinating in a terrible sense because uh, things were not going well. So obviously it's uh, it's easier to forget this stuff. Um, If you have a great 50s or 60s A's story that you know about, please tweet them at us at Locked on A's and I will be sure to uh, one, double check them and then two, retweet them because uh, this is something that I need to learn about more about. So please uh, share those stories. Um, also, I'm going to share with you guys a little bit of a story here about Built Bar. Built Bar, I had one of these. Oh, I, I've had a few of these now. Uh, yesterday, I had the German chocolate cake flavor bar and I mean, as I've said before, they're delicious. Uh, I put this one in the refrigerator first. It made it even that much better. It was not quite like having a frozen Snickers, but it was it was close. It, it was like a frozen candy bar, and it tasted like German chocolate cake. So if you like German chocolate cake, and I don't know what's in the frosting for German chocolate, like those little flakes that you can chew on, it had those. 
and I was on board. Um, this bar, it had 170 calories, so it's a little bit heavier on the calories than the other bars that I've mentioned. But, I mean, 170, still not bad at all. Uh, 18 grams of protein, 7 grams of fiber, 4 grams of sugar. I, I love these ratios. We, we talk about ratios on the A's podcast all the time here. These are good ratios. That's, a, that's like a 14K per 9 rate. That's a, I don't know, a 1.1 whip. And <laughs> that's all I'm going to go with. I'm going, I'm riffing off the top of my head here. Um, that's like a 130 ERA plus. Let's just keep it with fetching. Anyways, uh, so builtbar.com, they have some cool stuff coming up. Uh, as I mentioned before, if you mention, if you, uh, if you mention us on their website, if you type in the code locked on into the checkout bar, uh, you, you just apply code locked on, you get $10 off your first purchase at builtbar.com. They're also giving you guys next week uh, $5 off all week. So you get $15 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. That's insane. It's now like $23 a box. That's that's a steal for 18 bars for $23. Bucks. That ain't bad at all. That's a, I, I did the math here. It's a buck twenty-seven per bar. Name a grocery store you can get that at for a bar this delicious and this uh, filling and protein-heavy Uh you can't. You got to plan out like a week in advance to get them, but that's it. This is the best deal you're going to find, in my opinion. And uh, Monday only, they are also giving away free packs of assorted Built Boost Energy Drink Mix. They have some good flavors on there. There's a Tropical Punch that I want to try. Uh, there, I think there's a Pina Colada on there, too. They've got some good stuff. As I mentioned before, uh, from May 25th to May 31st, they are also getting $5 off every box of bars. This can be used in addition to the $10 off promo code locked on. And uh, they're also introducing four new flavors. One of these I'm getting for sure. Uh, but I mean, they're all, they all sound really good. Peanut butter banana sounds delicious. Uh, pineapple upside down cake, not my thing. Maybe it's your thing. I don't know. Coconut pecan, pe pecan pie. Sorry. Uh, my wife is going to be on board for that one. And then blueberry lemon. That's the one that I'm going with. Blueberry lemon. Oh, I love lemon. I love blueberries. They put them together for me. I like that. So uh, yeah, go to beltbar.com, enter code locked on, get $10 off. Or if you order next week, $15 off. It's a buck 27 a bar. This podcast is also sponsored by the, uh, the audiobook edition of 24 Life Stories and Lessons from the Say Hey Kid. In this reflective and inspirational memoir, the legendary Willie Mays shares the inspirations and influences responsible for guiding him on and off the field. Widely regarded as the greatest all-around player in baseball history, the beloved Willie Mays offers people of all ages his lifetime of experience meeting challenges with positivity, integrity, and triumph. This special audiobook production includes a foreword read by Bob Costas and a brief conversation with Willie Mays and his co-author, John Shea. I actually downloaded the sample of this book yesterday, and the Bob Costas part was pretty fantastic, I must say. If you enjoy Bob Costas, which I do when he talks about baseball, whether you miss seeing your favorite players on the field this season or are looking for the perfect Father's Day gift, 24 is the inspiring story of one of sports fans' favorite living legends. Buy the audiobook edition of 24 now wherever audiobooks are sold. I will put a link to the audible version of this in the show notes for you guys. All right, it is mailbag time, everybody. Uh, I've got two questions from the mailbag for today. Uh, the first comes from Chicken1. Uh, hopefully I'm saying that right. Chicken1 asks... Will MLB properly address the whole sign-stealing issue? Um, 
my my initial response is I think from their point of view they have addressed the sign stealing issue. The Astros have handled it very poorly, uh, as we probably forget by now because it's been a few months and uh, we're dealing with other shit. But uh, I feel like MLB releasing their statement and their investigation and all that stuff, they uh, they feel like they have handled this as much as they're going to. Uh, whether or not there are still ramifications on the field remains to be seen. I know that, uh, one, we have to get baseball back on the field for anything to happen. And uh, two, there's a pandemic, so maybe people are not as out for blood as they might have been. Uh, I'm not sure. But there was a, a, a part in the 67-page dossier that I read uh, a couple days ago that was saying that uh, basically if, the, if fighting is discouraged and so maybe there's going to be some rogue pitchers out there that will just start plunking guys in the backside because fighting's discouraged and uh, people that fight will definitely be dealt with according to the commissioner. So maybe they can, you know, throw at guys safely. I know uh, maybe that's something that they go with is I'm going to hit you. You can't do anything about it. And uh, we move on. And that's how people get their, their vigilante justice. Um, that, that might be the only thing that we see from this. I think that, uh, the commissioner has wiped his hands clean of this and he's like, Oh, you guys figure it out. It's fine. I, I love how one of his, uh, ways for the Astros to get punished was the fans are going to let them hear it. Well, they're not. So, I mean, because we're not going to be seeing baseball in person for at least a year, maybe two, it might be 2022 before we see baseball in person, you guys. And that's a sad thought. Um, cool just gonna depress everybody before the weekend the long weekend uh yay memorial day we can remember baseball remember baseball you guys that was fun um yeah so i think that uh the commissioner's not gonna do anything fans aren't gonna let them hear it we might have two years of built-up rage at this point between uh you know having to wear masks and staying indoors and the Astros uh, stole a World Series. So we got three main things that we're really furious about right now. The Astros and then quarantine and civil liberties, I guess. I don't know. Um, anyways, so long story short. No, it's it long story long, I guess. Uh, I don't think anything's going to happen from baseball on this one. Uh, the second question comes from at Coliseum1722. Uh, they ask, assuming this season goes with the 82-game schedule, uh, what are my division predictions with the realign format? Um, if you're unfamiliar with the division realignment, it'd basically be the AL West and the NL West combined into one giant division. Um, and if that's what they do, obviously the Dodgers being in the same division as the A's does not help because they already have the Astros to deal with, and that's uh, two you know perennial World Series teams. Uh in the same division with the A's who are, you know, ho hoping to win the division. So uh, that doesn't help. So let's run down this real quick. Um, with this uh, divisional smattering, let's call it smushing, smushing. It's a smushy division. Um, you'd have uh, three more California teams in the division, which is nice. You'd have the Dodgers, the Angels would already be in there, um, the Padres, and then the Giants. Giants are right across the street, so that helps. Uh, so travel would be very nice. I don't know 
if the final uh, version of the schedule will involve East Coast teams and, you know, teams in the Midwest and stuff like that. I know that uh, both Texas teams would be in the mix, so that's a little bit of travel. But I don't know that they'd be going to New York and back and doing, you know, those crazy road trips. So the limited schedule or uh, travel schedule might actually help a little bit. But everybody in the division is going to have the same travel schedule. So I don't know if it's a big plus overall. It'd just be a nice bonus for these guys who are used to it at this point. Um, San Diego and Arizona are two teams that are good and could have had like an outside chance at winning one of the wildcard spots. Or maybe they could have taken both the wildcard spots in 2020. And I think that uh, with a shorter schedule, that makes these two teams a little more dangerous because, uh, I mean, they, they've got some really talented players on both teams. Uh, obviously, San Diego a little bit more uh, is more hyped, at least, than Arizona. But Arizona's a sneaky good team. They've got a nice pitching staff. They added Madison Bumgarner. So, obviously, they got some bats. Ha <laughs> ha. So... With the short schedule, I think that they could be a little more dangerous than you would have seen in a regular 162-game schedule. Um, And so that makes me a little bit wary. And on that same token, I think that the the Mariners, I know that they're not a good team by any stretch, but they could be a minor threat there for a little bit. Um, Last year, after one month, they were 16-8, and which... I'm assuming would be good enough to make it into the playoffs if there's expanded playoffs and, uh, you know, a shortened season. Um, I mean, they ended up being like 12 games under 500 after three months, but in a shortened season, they could be, I mean, they were not good last year. I think they won 68 games and they were 16 to eight after one month. So shortened season, they could, uh, they could make some noise. We'll see. Um, and, Maybe they won't have their Seattle collapse if they don't have to play that much. Or maybe the Seattle collapse will happen in the playoffs. Uh, We'll see. Uh, I feel bad ragging on the Mariners because I do actually enjoy them. And I grew up, you know, a big Ken Griffey fan. Uh, I wanted to move to Seattle when I would like to go to college when I was like eight. I was planning on moving to Seattle to go to college so that I could watch Ken Griffey Jr. play. And this is like maybe 1995 or something like that. Maybe I was 10. I don't know. And uh, I, I realized later, I'm like, oh, he's he's probably not going to be in Seattle at that point. That's a that's a bad idea. So I didn't move to Seattle for college. I, uh, I stayed in the Bay Area. Anyways, so the Dodgers are no longer invincible, I don't think, with a shortened season. Um, they do have tremendous depth all around the diamond and with expanded rosters i think that that makes them a little more dangerous but i mean if you take it'll basically be come down to two things in my book who can stay healthy and you know the depth that goes along with that i think the A's have a decent amount of depth depending on which players could potentially get hurt Uh, i'm thinking of it more on the pitching side because i am a little bit more worried about tommy john's uh, surgery spiking because players aren't, you know, accustomed to the schedule. And that's when you see, uh, if, if the arm isn't built up then, or even if it is built up, you see a spike in Tommy John. Uh, it's unpredictable folks. Anyways. Um, so I think that injuries will have a big impact on this season and also which team can, you know, either go on a two week hot streak or avoid the two week cold streak, uh, or, you know, prolonged hot streaks, cold streaks, uh, anything like that. If you can play an even keel game and go on like a little bit of a run for a week or two, maybe you're, you're going to be sitting pretty, especially if there's going to be what, uh, 14, 16 teams in the playoffs. Uh, you got a good shot making it. If half the teams are making it, um, 
therefore, but I mean, then again, you still got, you know, the Orioles have a better shot than they did. And uh, are they a good team? No, but could they make the playoffs? I mean, anything's possible this season. It, it's going to be crazy. Um, so with the Astros, Dodgers, and A's in the division together, it, it would make it a little more tricky, I think, for the A's to make it. I think that they are still good enough to make one of the playoff seeds. I don't know where they would rank. It really depends on health and hot streaks, cold streaks, uh, either one of those. Um, so how they adjust to everything. I think that they're a young enough team with, you know, a veteran presence, what you need, but they're young enough where injuries may not impact them as much as an older team like the giants. Uh, also it'll be fun to play the giants more. Um, and the Rockies. Oh man, we get it like a whole series in Colorado for the, I don't know how many games they're going to be playing. It might be three, could be six, uh, just to cut down on travel and all that stuff. Um, and if they're going to be playing East coast teams, it, Really all depends. We'll have a better idea. Maybe on Tuesday, there's going to be another, uh, I think there's an economic proposal coming on Tuesday. So we'll talk about that. Um, but anyways, I think that they would be the third best team at the very least in this new division, but there are some definite wild cards. Um, as I've talked about before on the podcast with, uh, you know, Trout, Rendon and Otani, you got three superstars, um, that, you know, they can impact any game, any given game. And when there's fewer games, they, they just mean more. And if they're winning, you know, a game here and a game there, they could be a threat too. So I feel like, uh, the shortened season, we don't know how it's going to be, but I still think that they're at least top three, if not top two, uh, with the Dodgers being probably the better team overall, but shortened season, we'll see what happens. Well, that's it for today, guys. Uh, I will be back next week to talk a little bit more about baseball and other things. I'll talk about the economic report because, you know, baseball stuff. Um, I'll do a little bit of a recap on the KBO, obviously. And, uh, you know, I, I have some other ideas, maybe some other what ifs. Uh, like what if Michael Jordan had decided to play for the A's? That's one that I'm tossing around right now. Uh, there would be some interesting ramifications that I've looked into. So I uh, might do that. Might do another Traders retrospective. Let me know what you guys are thinking. Um, what you guys would like to hear. Hit us up at LockedOnAs on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. You can email us your suggestions or comments or anything like that to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Everything here is in the show notes for you guys, including the uh, Built Bar uh, link and also the link to the Audible version of 24, the Willie May story. So I shortened that. It's much longer life stories and lessons from the Say Hey Kid. Um, but, you know, 24 Willie Mays. Also, make sure you guys use the link, too, because uh, there are two Willie Mays books and they both have similar covers. But this one is new and written by John Shea or, you know, written and then vocalized by other people. Uh, so yeah, that's how audiobooks work, I believe. Um, so yeah, go ahead and follow us on social media. Let me know what you guys want to hear about and uh, all that good stuff. In the meantime, stay indoors. Have a great Memorial Day weekend, everybody. And I will talk with you guys next week.